0: Good afternoon. This is Council of Voices. And today we have Robert uh, Bobby. We all know him by Bobby, and now, who is a council trainer and a council facilitator. Uh, He holds a doctorate degree in leadership studies and nonprofit management. And uh, he works for the Roman Catholic diocese uh, diocese of San Diego as the director for the Office for Life, Peace and Justice. Um, Bobby has brought counsel um, for a number of years now um, to his community by way of organizing council gatherings and council trainings, especially in his workplace. It's been a delight for me to see how uh, Bobby uh, brought this practice into places I would have never thought it was possible. And uh, one of those places is the church. So today we have him on board um, to talk to us about how he helped organize uh, the Synod process a journey together for the um, Roman Catholic community to inquire about their future. And uh, no other than Pope Francis was the one who actually invited uh, this process and uh, Bobby helped organize it in the um, San Diego, right? In San Diego, in the diocese. Yes, yeah, in
1: San Diego diocese.
0: So I hope I uh, made justice here. I did justice to your to who you are. I know that you are much more than all of these, uh, and uh, and please tell us how how you are how you are in this process and how you brought counsel to being into the Catholic Church.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mimi. It's wonderful to be here with you. Um, so my journey, I started uh, council, I was introduced to council about seven and a half years ago in the summer of 2015, actually, uh, with Alan Mobley at San Diego State. And I immediately, I come from a background, uh, professionally, I was a Marine Corps officer for 20 years, so I was in a very large institution, hierarchical institution, and uh, I was introduced to the practice of counsel when I was at graduate school at the University of San Diego, getting my doctoral degree. And I kind of took it uh, very quickly, I uh, became interested and wanted to continue to learn more, and then started pursuing the trainings, the Council One, Council Two, and Finally, Council 3 training, uh, basically around the work that I was doing in higher education as a a doctoral student and then as a teaching assistant and as a as a uh, what they call a senior fellow instructor in some of the work I was doing with group relations and that kind of thing. So I graduated uh, from that program in 2018 and I was hired by the Diocese of San Diego initially as their associate director restorative justice. And I was primarily responsible for the prison and jail ministry programs that we have in about 24 prisons, jails, and detention facilities in San Diego and Imperial Counties. Uh, and about a year later, uh, I, w- I was promoted to the director for the Office for Life, Peace, and Justice. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But So I was hired in 2018, and I was already, I had attended a couple of the council trainings and I had already been attending regular council. So I was, I was familiar with the practice. And if you recall in our history, uh, a lot of folks, whether you're Catholic or not, 2018 was a, a big year for the, a big year in a, not a very good way in the American Catholic church. Uh, we had the Cardinal McCarrick scandal out of Washington, DC. We had the grand jury reports that were coming out of, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and then, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, some archbishops that I won't say were rebelling, but were certainly uh, writing negative uh, articles uh, against Pope Francis and kind of the work that he was doing in the church. Uh, so it was a, it was a tough year that I kind of came on board uh, when all of this happened, and most of it in the North American Church was centered on this uh, clergy sexual abuse scandal that you know occurred back uh, primarily occurred back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s but a lot of the information continued to be coming out. Um, Our Bishop, uh, Robert McElroy, uh, Cardinal McElroy now, but at the time, Bishop McElroy, I thought took a very courageous step. And in the fall of 2018, uh, he went out and held a series of listening sessions around the diocese. Our diocese is all of San Diego and Imperial County. We have about 1.4 million Catholics, uh, 98 parishes or churches, about 49 schools. So we're a pretty big, Uh, diocese in North America. And he took this step and he went out and uh, had these listening sessions basically to hear from the people what they were feeling and the harm that they felt and the hurt that they felt, you know, relative to to their faith and their church. And uh, from my assessment, I think Cardinal McElroy would probably agree, it was kind of a disaster. Uh, I attended two of the seven or eight sessions and it really turned into uh, kind of a Jerry, uh, Jerry Springer show, people screaming and yelling. There were you know, people. I think there were probably paid disruptors there as well, and I was thinking in my mind. I had been practicing counsel now for about three years. I was like, "Wow!" I, I had this thought back then. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they use like a council process or a circle process to allow people to speak to what they were feeling and experiencing and the harm and the pain, but being able to do it in, in, in kind of what we know in council is a much more respectful and, and I think a, a, a much more productive way of conducting dialogue and listening to folks. So that was a thought I had. Uh, At the same time as I was getting into my job, I started bringing uh, the council practice to my workplace, primarily working with the formerly incarcerated people that I was supporting that were coming out of prisons uh, and and other groups as well. So that was my little kind of epiphany in the back of my mind. And slowly I was, uh, and and I know you were a part of this, you you, you were very instrumental in, in helping me and guiding me and, of course, mentoring me. As we brought this practice in in various settings in in my own work. And then in October, or no, September of 2021, uh, Cardinal McElroy came into my office with a big smile and sat down and said that he would like me to be a part of uh, a synod process that uh, Pope Francis had just opened up to the worldwide church. And it was going to start in October 2021 and it was going to conclude in October, 2023. And a synod, uh, the, the Latin American church uh, where Pope Francis is from in Argentina, uh, this is a process that they that they have used uh, in terms of listening and dialogue uh, throughout the region. And, and traditionally in our church, a synod is assembly. Basically a synod is an assembly of bishops as historically it's been for the, for, for the Roman Catholic church. And this process is gonna be very different. Uh, Pope Francis, uh, probably for the first time in, in centuries, maybe even forever, uh, uh, was asking his leadership, his cardinals, his bishops and his clergy uh, to go out in the worldwide church and hear from uh, uh, the faithful about how they were feeling about the church uh, among uh, around uh, three themes, joy, uh, sorrow and hope. Uh, So Cardinal McElroy asked me to do this, and and he asked me initially to say, hey, I'd like you to do this, and because of the work that you do, uh, I really want to make sure that we're intentional about uh, reaching the marginalized groups, particularly those that are incarcerated, formerly incarcerated, the homeless, the new immigrant, the asylum seeker, uh, things that are important to us as a church as we respond to those marginalized communities, people that tend to be poor. Um, and, and that was a lot of the work that I was doing on behalf of the diocese, at least in the education and the advocacy. Um, so he said this to me, and I said, of course, he said, would you be interested in this? Of course, I said, yes, I felt honored. He left the office. About a week later, I got a letter from uh, Cardinal McElroy, and I was appointed not only on the commission, but I was appointed uh, to lead the commission. With our, uh, He didn't ask me about that. Uh, not that I would have said no anyway, but uh, to, to lead the commission, uh, with our chancellor, Marioli Galvan. Uh, so that process started in October and we were going to have these listening sessions and I became the guy that, uh, was, uh, I would say leading or at least collaborating, you know, uh, on the commission and with others to build a process for how we were going to conduct these listening sessions. So I, you know, like we always do, we tend to go, uh, and use what we know. And what I knew at that time, after practicing for about five and a half years, was council, circle processes. So I started socializing the idea of, um, you know, having our listening sessions that were going to take place in March and April of 2022 uh, around uh, using council as the primary methodology. We hired uh, some consultants, uh, primarily the consultants in this part of the process, uh, meaning setting up and, and being able to orient people to conduct these uh, councils uh, was you mean it was you and Alan and then some others in terms of gathering data. We had some uh, qualitative researchers from um, the University of San Diego. and we set about from when we kicked it off, uh, we had an opening mass at our pastoral center in October of 2021. And then we were very intentional about the planning uh, and the, I don't want to say training, but the orienting of the folks uh, to uh, participate in these listening sessions. And so it was a balance. It was a balance between honoring the council traditions, which I think we did a very good job of, and, uh, and I'll, I'll speak to that in a second, and also, uh, you know, uh, doing the things that Pope Francis was asking us to do as a as a, as a worldwide church, and what Cardinal McElroy was asking us to do as a particular church in San Diego and Imperial counties um, around those topics. So we were very intentional uh, about setting up the process. Uh, I would say that it was it, it was it was a council process uh, with a couple of little uh, I would say additions or enhancements. We ended up uh, actually collecting data. So in addition to having facilitators. We had um, scribes because uh, Cardinal McElroy wanted to capture the data. We had to capture some of the data because we had to send it up uh, to our organization in North America or in the United States was the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and ultimately to the to, to the Vatican. So that period was uh, very intentional about orienting people. Like I said, we had 98 parishes, about a million and a half Catholics. And we wanted to get, Cardinal McElroy said he wanted to have a minimum of five thousand, but preferably ten thousand people participate in these listening sessions. And uh, you know, the the end result was we actually had uh, over eleven thousand people uh, participate in these. We had four hundred uh, different um, sessions, like meaning large group sessions. And within those four hundred large group sessions, we had about eleven 1, hundred small circles that uh, lasted throughout the month of eight months of April and. I'm sorry, March and April of 2022, Uh, and you know the process. It was it was certainly council. Uh, We started out uh, in large groups. Some of the large groups were 40, 50 people. Some of the large groups were 40, 400, 500 people. Uh, You know, in some of the larger parishes, and the small circles or the actual council experience uh, was mostly between six and eight people. And in each small circle, each council. Uh, which lasted about ninety minutes. We had a facilitator, uh, and we had a scribe that was able to uh, at least take the jot notes that were necessary to kind of capture the information that we wanted. Um, so that was the the process that we used. Um, the The interesting thing, and and I say this not it's not, you know, patting myself on the shoulder or you, you mean or anybody else, the, the many people that were involved in this, but um, it was it was received so well. Uh, and now it's ongoing. We have other parishes that continue to use the council process uh, in a whole myriad uh, places within their ministry and within their meetings. Uh, and Cardinal McElroy has already directed us uh, that we're going to continue this within the at a diocesan wide level. So uh, earlier uh, in, or I'm sorry, later in 2022. Pope Francis extended the synodal process from October 2023 to October 2024. So we have another two years of this, uh, and and that doesn't include hopefully what we're doing in terms of, uh, you know, changing our culture to be able to do this. But uh, so we're going to do another diocesan-wide council in October of 2023. It will be uh, focused on our Eucharist. Uh, in our Catholic faith, we believe, you know, the Eucharist, the, the uh, communion wave that you have is the real presence of Christ, but this goes beyond the Eucharist, you know, what we are as a, what we say, a Eucharistic community or a body that's in communion. So, you know, I've been a Catholic for 56 years. I was adopted through Catholic charities. So I guess I'm a what they call a cradle Catholic and, you know, attended catholic school literally for 20 years uh university graduate school all that kind of stuff and i can tell you from uh, my own experience as a catholic working for the catholic church and and now practicing cath uh, uh council for the last seven and a half years it's really a perfect match well outside people would say they would take their head well you know that the church is so hierarchical, you've got this clergyism, all this kind of stuff. a lot of that is true you know we're, we're not, I'm not here to either defend that or dispute that but but at its best, when, when the church is at its best and at at its, at at its truest point, you know in terms of being in communion with each other, being in harmony with each other, uh showing that unconditional love that the leader of our church, which was Christ, you know uh, did two thousand years ago, uh, counsel is the method. so I say, you know, uh, in the church, we would say we came about this process through the uh, through the, uh, the 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 uh, not the intervention, but you know, the Holy Spirit was guiding us. And I would say, yes, that's true. And the Spirit of Counsel was also guiding us. You know, you know, and I would even say it's one and the same, the Spirit of Counsel. Um, and, you know, and other faith traditions could could join right in on that. Um, so it's really been a wonderful journey, and, and the beautiful piece of it, it's not over. Uh, I think that it's something that uh, will continue. Um, I, you know, we're continuing on this synodal journey, this journey of, uh, if we want to call it, this council journey, to hopefully be able to to uh, to change our culture, to be more responsive and more open to the faithful, and 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 even like, I mean, this is radical stuff for our church. You know, a lot of people don't like it. Uh, we're very fortunate that we have a, a leader out here, our shepherd, uh, uh, Cardinal McElroy, is very open to this and, and, and with Pope Francis wants to invite people and their voices uh, into the church uh, to have it, you know, that kind of the church, which, which in uh, uh, my understanding of church history uh, was what the church probably looked like in the first and second century, you know, where, where we were communities that came together that uh, we're, we're very responsive and very respectful to the needs of, of, of individuals within the community and the community as a whole. And council's perfect for this. So uh, we are going to continue this journey. We're excited to do it. Uh, hopefully we will be working with folks like yourself, you mean here you know, in the upcoming months as we continue uh, you know, on this journey and take it to, to the next diocesan level step. But the ultimate goal is to make this a practice That's alive within the church. You know, it may look a little slightly different in different places, but certainly in our church out here, that people can really, you know, use counsel and use circle processes as a way of of communicating.
0: Thank you, Bobby. And um, thank you for the work that you do and the way that you carry that you have the ways that you carry counsel. Um, A question that comes up is. How did you go about issues of confidentiality having a scribe in the circle? What was the response or reaction of the people, the participants of those small circles, council circles?
1: No, that, that's a great question. And since confidentiality is, is so important, especially you know when we're we're sharing any matters, but particularly matters of, of faith and personal experiences that you may have. So, you know, we um, did not attribute any comments to any one person and we also provided the opportunity if somebody did not want within the the small circle experience if they said hey I would prefer that you not uh, you know take any notes on what I'm going to say we honored that as well so it was a real balancing act we were very intentional about it um you know kind of the a, a lot of the uh Council and advice that you and Alan provided to us was very helpful in, in doing that. Um, and we really didn't have any, you know, I mean, we we memorialized everything. We not only memorialized everything, you know, that came out of there in terms of like, you know, jot notes and then having a summation that wasn't necessarily attributed to everybody. But we were also very intentional because we were taking this step that you know sometimes doesn't occur in in, in council where you're taking notes. Uh, since we did do this you know, as you can imagine, we had thousands, literally thousands of pages of notes. And Cardinal McElroy uh, was very intentional about, you know, he, I I would say that he probably read about 25% of the reports, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, personally read, I mean, that's my estimate, I could ask him, but I know he read literally hundreds and hundreds of pages himself. But then with a, a cadre of leaders, he made sure that Every single jot note and every single summary note was read by somebody on our leadership team. So in our diocese, we're broken down into deaneries, basically administrative districts. And uh, each of us, like I had a whole deanery, I was responsible for, I don't know, five or 600 pages of notes to just read and go through. And then we had a team of qualitative researchers from the University of San Diego that actually did different samplings. Of the different, uh, 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 and then that was able to form our report. We were very intentional about the purposeful sampling that we had with, you know, uh, uh, different groups to make sure that everybody throughout the diocese is adequately represented. But you know that that was how we did that. I I think uh, I feel pretty comfortable that we honored confidentiality as we go into the next step. If we if we do take any more notes, we'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And Bobby, were there any prompts or did people just share spontaneously um, within the circle? That you said an hour, like 60 minutes for- Yeah, yeah, yeah. so
1: most most of the small circle sessions, I think we wanted them to be about 75 minutes. Some of them went over, we gave them a little bit of time, uh, you know, to about 90 minutes. Um, But in those small circle sessions, uh, we developed three prompts. So the synod process with Pope Francis has asked the entire church was to look at, you know, the joy, the sorrows and the hope, hopes of our church. So we spent, um, I think that was probably uh, the most amount of time. I mean, yes, we developed, you know, a guidebook and, and we were able to orient and train facilitators, basically almost a thousand facilitators. Um, but. The development of the prompts the questions uh was that was about a six or eight week process you know we took the themes and then we started plugging in different things till we came and we would go back for guidance from cardinal McElroy until we finally you know uh nailed it down you know and and basically it was experiential it was it was you know tell us a, tell us a story about you know a time where you felt great joy in the church or with the church or in your life in the church tell us about a time when you felt great sorrow or experience it wasn't felt it was actually tell us about a time when you experienced great joy in the life of the church tell us about a time when you experienced great sorrow or sorrow in the life of the church and then the third one on hope as you leave this experience this council experience what hopes do you have for our church mm-hmm. so those you know and and interestingly enough as we've kind of had some folks, social scientists there, we've done this, that says, now we've got to go into being more action-oriented in the next round and the next rounds. And Cardinal McElroy has come right back because apparently he gets it. He, de- he definitely gets it. Has come right back and said, no, when we do this next round, it needs to continue to be an experiential process. It needs to be focused. Yes, we want to get more information about how people feel and what they're thinking, but we want it to be an experience because that's the, you know, he, he, he has his ears, he has, ears to the million and a half Catholics or so. And that's the feedback that he's getting, not just from us, but from, you know, people throughout the diocese. So we're gonna continue that process. And I think that is really important because I think that's truly honoring council It's the process of council. And, and and I would suggest for people that were able to witness it that are maybe more experienced counselor uh, facilitators and trainers like yourself, I don't think we deviated uh, too much you know other than that process of of the taking notes and i think that was more enhanced because what we're trying to do with the methodology
0: um what was the response from the uh, from the from the public from the uh, people yeah. of faith uh, did you did you get a chance to hear from them or personally or in the reports what what was their experience
1: yeah it was a uh, it was almost universally, you know, so so, and I, I want to answer this by saying that the council was part one of the first year. Part two was this survey. We did a quality quantitative survey instrument. Didn't get a lot of good responses from the survey. I mean, we got good responses, data from the surveys, but people were kind of lukewarm to that. but in, in 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 connection with that, we got we need to do more one on one circles, one on one council. We want more of that. so that, to answer your question, it was, I would say, almost universally positive experience. Uh, surprisingly, surprising to us that it, it, it came back so positive, uh, not just from the faithful, but also from the priests. You know, the priests, uh, you know, they they give up a little bit of their authority, so to speak, when you're asking these questions, because a lot of the questions that come out is like, okay, what's going on in your pattern? You know, maybe your sorrow has something to do with you know your pastor not being as responsive as you would have liked for an issue that you're dealing with your family or your community um the the, the priest the clergy the priests and the deacons uh got kind of great responses you know within the parish as we had these uh, small group sessions but also with select groups uh women religious deacons priests other kind of what we would say is catholic movements the knights of columbus the crusio they were doing their own councils in parallel with what was happening in the parishes. So we were hearing from a lot of different voices around the church, uh, you know, and and ideologically people maybe that were more conservative, more liberal, a lot of us that may be in between. uh, And we were very intentional about reaching out to those folks. Um, One comment that I thought, and and he, he said it a couple times now, and I was actually joking with him about it the other day, Cardinal McElroy, uh, you know, as we go through in this next diocesan wide uh, kind of council experience that we're going to have in October, he would say, "You know, it was that daggone talking piece. You know, what we did is we have these you know, we try to use this mostly the same talking piece. We went out and purchased uh, these little wooden crosses, their comfort cross you kind of put in your hand, which you would make a talking good talking piece for anybody that may be you know, Catholic or Christian, uh, but that was the talking piece that we used. Uh, but what, he said was, it was the talking piece that resonated with people, because it forced everybody else, pardon the expression, to just shut up and listen, you know, and that's something, you know, that's the beauty and the spirit of counsel. But, you know, that that's something that if you're not doing this work, or you're not intentional about this work, you don't always, you know, we we step each, we step over each other often, you know, as, as a, At least as a society here in North America, it's kind of part of our culture. You know, everybody's got to be right. And uh, that prevented that. And, uh, you know, having the opportunity to speak to your experience and not necessarily, you know, philosophize about, you know, what the church did here or didn't do here. I think it was really positive.
0: If anybody, which I'm sure many of our listeners will be interested in finding out more about the process, about how council was um, was, was invited into this uh, journeying together or the, or the assembly or the synod process, where can they find more information?
1: Yeah, so it's on our, they're actually on our diocesan website, sdcatholic.org. Uh, there's a whole section on synod. Uh, and then, you know, these documents, like we had to produce a 10-page document that went to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and then ultimately went to the Vatican, kind of everything was is put together and went over there. So it, these are public documents that we're, we're sh- we, we are sharing on our website, but are also able to, you know, share to anybody, you know, Catholic, non-Catholic, uh, interested parties um, to find out more about kind of the, you can, you can find out about the process and then you can also find about what we learned, what we discovered, you know, kind of the main, we came up, you know, out of the, when we analyzed all of the data, the thousands of pages, we came up with eight themes that kind of, eight major themes that kind of resonated, you know, with folks uh, and a lot of it had to do with uh, acceptance and inclusivity. Uh, obviously the, the clergy sex abuse scandal in terms of sorrow uh, that played on a lot of folks. Um, so the, the the life of the, what we call the sacramental church uh, and, and, and the joy in the sacraments or the signs of God that we get, uh, you know, we're a part of that. So we came up with these themes and from those themes is how we actually uh, ultimately pulled them together to develop these constructs that we use for a survey instrument to get kind of more detailed kind of uh, data in terms of how people were thinking, you know, about these issues in, in a larger you know, we had uh, about thirty thousand people take the survey, and that was really more an opportunity to get more people involved. Uh, our goal coming into the this fall is to have another eight or ten thousand people involved.
0: Wow! <laughs> yes, yeah, a big wow for yeah. the work that you have uh, for the stewardship, actually, uh, within the church and the the invitation to council. And um, and my last question is, what's a hope that you have in moving forward with uh, the practice of counsel within the church?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. So my hope is to, you know, I love my church. I love working for my church and I love my church. I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm also uh, in formation myself uh, in the, what they call the diaconate formation for ordained clergy. Uh, that's our married clergy, uh, that became, that, that become, uh, deacons, uh, that work with the priests, uh, in terms of supporting them. And then also, you know, our, our role is to, to, to serve, to serve the church, particularly those that are marginalized. Um, my hope is that this practice becomes something, uh, that's, you know, alive with many of the people in the church, that they use this practice when they communicate. I mean, uh, you know whether it's uh, around a difficult issue that might be facing a family within the parish, which is our smallest social structure, or a couple, uh, or or maybe something that's affecting the entire parish community. That you know this is a tool, this is a method that we're able to use to communicate, and that it becomes part of our culture. You know that you know people can understand the method, but more importantly than even the method or the experience of counsel, that it becomes part of our culture where we're able to communicate in a respectful dialogue, we're able to listen, we're able to appreciate different voices uh, from all over kind of the ideological spectrum and maybe even the spiritual spectrum there. Um, and they were able to hold all that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've been surprised at, you know, I, I think we can all agree, certainly here in the United States, we live in a very polarized society right now. It's kind of a polarizing time. And the church is a very large social structure. You know, in, in, our, in the United States alone, I think we have 75, 80 million Catholics, you know, uh, here or the people that at least identify, baptize and identify as Catholic. And, you know, there's a lot of polarization within that, within the church. You know, how do we come together uh, with with so many people, uh, you know, whether it's at the, the bigger level, like I just mentioned, 75, 80 million people in our church in America alone, or at, at the smallest level, the smallest levels within the family and within the smaller parish communities, that we're able to respectfully listen, respectfully dialogue, uh, collaborate on coming up with solutions to community problems and family problems, uh, and I think council is a is a wonderful method to be able to do that, uh, or a council like method. So my hope is that it almost becomes part of our culture that we're we're better equipped to listen and communicate.
0: Thank you, Bobby. Thank you very much and keep it going. Thank you.
1: We're going to (laughs) try through the spirit of counsel.